Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. We have reached the end of our 10th season of By the Book, and you know what that means? I think it means that we're, like, officially married. Yeah, I think we're, like, common law podcast married. <laughs> but it also means something else. You know that, right? Oh, yes. It's time for another Buy the Book season wrap-up. That's right. It's time for our Buy the Book Season 10 wrap-up. This is the first of our current crop of bonus episodes. Every other week, a new bonus episode will hit your feeds. But reminder, that is not all. There's more. There's so much more, Kristen Angelenta, you can put 
in your ears because we also have Romance Road Test exclusively on Audible. And in each episode of Romance Road Test, we try a different relationship hack on for size instead of a self-help book uh, (laughs) to see what helps us maybe, you know, fall more in love with our husbands or want to run away screaming from each other. We do everything from reenacting our first dates to reading each other's smut. That's uh, an awkward one. Yes. So give that a listen. Romance Road Test exclusively on Audible. Audible Audible.com slash Romance Road Test. (laughs) And of course, there's our book, How to Be Fine, What We Learned from Living by the Rules of 50 Self-Help Books, which is available in, count them, one, two, three different formats. We have hardcover. We have softcover. We have the audio version where hats off to Jolenta in particular. She sounds terrific. I may have done it in like a record-breaking amount of takes. Very few. You did such a good job. And the book, not only does it have us, but it also has loads of behind-the-scenes stories from us and from the show. So get your copy of How to Be Fine wherever books are sold. Okay, let's get on with the show, with the Season 10 wrap-up, shall we? Yes, and as usual, as we do after every season of books, we're going to talk about what stuck, new revelations, and what was pure torture, going in order of the books we lived by, starting with Steel Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative by Austin Kleon. Jolenta, let's start with you. What stuck? All right. What stuck? I am still following and engaging with more and more disability rights activists and doctors that are acknowledging the reality of COVID on social media. And it's a delight. Nice. It makes you hopefully feel validated and less alone and hopefully um, maybe inspires you a little bit. I hope so. Yeah, I was saying it makes me just want to steal some art or something. No, (laughs) it helps me feel less like forlorn and more moved to action. It's great. New revelations. I like working in new places. I realized after I found a good flow at my mom's kitchen table, I was like, hey, I like this. So I've been working at her table more. I've been working on like various floors at my apartment and hers. I'm a a big floor worker, apparently. Um, That's been a new revelation. Uh, Pure torture was Brad getting COVID and me having to run to my mom's. I love her. I do. But living with her for like an indefinite amount of time while we just wait to see uh, if Brad's better, like it was trying. Mm, Yeah. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, there's a certain amount of time I can visit my sister or other family members. And I'm like, then I look back, I'm like, how did I live with you for 16 years? We call it the grace the grace period. <laughs> After about, like, it, it can vary between, like, a day and a half to three days. And then one of us will turn to the other, my mom or I, and be like, well, this was a nice visit. <laughs> like, pretending like we can, like, end it now. And that's when you sort of know the grace period is over. And, like, you need to start giving the person some space. <laughs> yes. What about you, Kristen, for Steal Like an Artist? What stuck? So what stuck was productive procrastination. So ever since we lived by this book, when I procrastinate, I also ask myself, how is this actually serving me? Because it might be. 
Uh, for example, maybe watching mm. this video is helping me think of my craft differently. Maybe working on this little project is helping me think of different ways to market myself. Um, you know, maybe just washing the dishes is reminding me of like what I can do with my hands. Mm. Maybe just taking that taking that shower is giving yourself a chance to let your brain wander and maybe inspiration will hit for that project you've been working on for work. You know, you never know. Yes, exactly. Procrastination doesn't necessarily mean I'm doing nothing. So yes. So that's stuck. New revelations. I've been giving lots more thought to storytelling, Um, how I can do it, how I can do it differently. And Dean has even encouraged me to apply for a couple of writing residencies he found. Oh my gosh, I love, love, love the idea of you doing a writing residency. You guys don't hear it much because it's usually like while we're recording and like rewriting the script. But I often say Kristen is a very good writer because she is. And I would love to read or hear uh, more of your stories. Oh, thank you, Jolenta. Thank you. But what was pure torture? Um, You know what was pure torture, even though afterward you made me feel better about it, Jolenta, was not sticking my landing when I, in that episode, I wrote my story, I went to the live storytelling event, I got up there, I did the whole thing, and then the wind was blowing, my pages were going everywhere, and then I didn't stick my landing. And it made me feel bad because I actually really believed in the story I wrote. I actually thought it was a beautiful story and it had enough humor and it had, you know, um, enough poignancy and so on. And that last line kind of got both of those in one line. And I just, I I, I, I wish I would have done better with that. But as you said, Jolenta, everybody there was hearing it for the first time. So, you right. know, it wasn't torture for them necessarily, even if it no, was torture for me. No, no, And it, it just, it does always suck when you're like, I know I've done this better, like by myself or for someone else, or even just like in a different town at a different show. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this should be hitting differently. And like, it's on me. It's on my presentation. Like, yes. that does suck. Yeah. But again, they don't know that it hit better <laughs> with Dean last night. Yeah. Let's move on to Unfuck Yourself, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life by Gary John Bishop. Are we supposed to pronounce it Unfuck Yourself or Unfu asterisk K Yourself? Unf your unf yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's still fuck. Like It know, is. It is. Yes. F-U-K is fuck to me. Yes, that's true. So what stuck for you, Jolenta? Uh, what stuck was checking in with my expectations versus the reality of my situation. Uh, that does help. I still have expectations of myself that I like sometimes can't meet in reality or like may never meet like expectations of my body. I was just thinking this morning, I was like, will my scalp ever go back to feeling normal? And I was like, Jolenta, with all of the scarring from the lupus lesions you have on your scalp, normal might be different from now on. And I was like, whoa, expectations, reality. Wow. Wow. What about new revelations? New revelations. So one of the steps in this book is know you're wired to win. And I have realized I'm over the idea of winning, not winning like a board game or, you know, winning your tennis tournament. I'm over winning in self-help because Winning just automatically means if you can't align yourself with the book's advice, which is always like the winning, you're always going to be a loser. And like, 
There's no good self-help advice is like parsing people out as winners and losers. That's just not helpful and makes people feel bad or makes people feel good at the expense of other people like Mm -hmm. feeling bad or looking down on other people and what they're achieving. And I'm just fucking done with it. You know, there's a book that has a different approach. It's called How to Be Fine. It's not how to be a winner. It's not how to be a loser. Have you heard of it, Jolinta? Interesting. Kristen, are you plugging our book again? (laughs) Because you're a genius. You're a genius. (laughs) You set it up, and I hit that out of the park, right? I mean, the way you wove it in, I can tell it's your writer's mind at work. (laughs) All right. What was pure torture? Uh, Pure torture was the amount of quotes especially from dudes, old white dudes, in this book. I feel like if I pulled out all the quotes from this book, it would be like 15 pages long. And <laughs> it's just it's just always something you have to get through to get to the rest of the book. Like, it's never like a huge discussion about the quote. It's just like a quote inserted fucking randomly for the most part. Many, many times randomly per page and sometimes per paragraph. It's too many. Kristen, let us move on to you, please. For unfuck yourself or unfuck yourself, <laughs> what stuck? Uh, my anger at my doctors. Full disclosure, the anger nice. is not gone yet. But Ooh, it's been simmering all season. <laughs> but fortunately, I have a new GP who says from now on, she is going to schedule my breast exams and she is always going to order the full battery of tests for me, not just a mammogram. Right. She is from now on, making sure that I don't ever have to be left hanging again. Thank you, Dr. Seeley. I love you. New revelations. Mm-hmm. So do you remember in the mini episode, Jolenta, uh, our listener Robert sent a study that showed that the response time that doctors give Asian American women is abysmal. Women over 70 and Asian American women have the slowest response times from doctors, right? Right. So I was talking with my friend Sarah. She works in public health. And she was explaining more about that. And, you know, we all have certain kinds of implicit bias. Our world is full of it. Uh, Our education systems, even our textbooks, are all full of implicit bias. And she was saying that there are perceptions in the public health world that Asian Americans are at much lower risk for all sorts of health things, much longer lifespans than other races, and that most of this is based on, get a load of this from last season. Racism? Like no. <laughs> a study they may have read about certain people in Okinawa. <laughs> and it's oh like, oh my God. It's like, oh, oh my, God. my God. So it's like there's these handful of studies that have been done on small populations of certain people in Asian countries. They're not representative of the general population. Or of America. I am an Asian in the U.S. who eats the same food as you, who has all the same environmental factors as you. Like, there might be some differences. Yeah. So you can't just take, like, those 200 people who are... 90 years old in Okinawa and decide that that applies to all Asian Americans. You can't just take that one study and and apply it to all Asian Americans. Anywho, but my friend was just explaining about how some of this bias gets perpetuated over and over again because of things like forgetting that Asian Americans are actually Americans. Stuff like that. (laughs) That's wild. Maddening. Um, What was pure torture? 
oh, back to the doctors. See, the anger is still there. Feeling like I don't Yay. matter to my doctors. Uh, being lied to by them. Uh, being told over and over again, we're going to call you back by end of day and then not hearing back from them. Um, Bullshit. Yeah. So the pure torture is still that anger that's with me. Valid anger, in my opinion. Valid anger. Yeah. Yeah. Then like medical gaslighting. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> Speaking of anger, let's talk about why yes. men love bitches. From Doormat to Dream Girl, A Woman's Guide to Holding Her Own in a Relationship by Sherry Argov. Jalenta, my bitch, what's stuck for you from Why Men Love Bitches? Yes, bitch. Um, I still do close the door a bit more when I pee, both at my house and my mom's. And <gasps> you sorry do this at your mom's mom. house? Because I didn't realize how much I peed with the door open at her house. <laughs> I didn't until I started closing it. And I was like, oh, wow. I was just going to leave that open. Oh. Like, I'm wild. I'm wild. It makes Brad really uncomfortable where he's like, I know you're comfortable with either your mother seeing you naked or I seeing you naked, but I'm not comfortable with both of us at the same time seeing you naked. Oh, my God. It's it's a wild ride. So <laughs> bathroom door has been closed more. Uh, new revelations. I care about data collection or data collection, whichever you like the sound of. I hate it how the author just says she interviewed hundreds of men and there's no mention of like what questions or if it was an online survey, if she stood outside of a bar in just like one city on one night. I mean, like real studies, even if poorly cited in self-help books, like can at least be looked up and looked into further. And that's not the case with these hundreds of men. You know what I was picturing, Jolenta? You know how you and I both used to love like celebrity rags like Us Weekly? Mm -hmm. And they always have that column, who wore it better? Mm -hmm. We asked 50 random people in Times Square and showed them two pictures of like two celebrities wearing the same dress. I'm like, I think that might have been more scientific, that Us Weekly survey, than what Sherry Argob was getting at here. Like a larger, <laughs> more diverse sample size. <laughs> Unless she was in Times Square. We don't know. We she don't doesn't know. tell us. We don't know. Uh, what was pure torture? Pure torture, just playing games. I don't know if it's because I'm married or chronically ill or just my age and wisdom, but I am too tired to play games. I'm too tired to play hard to get. Like... I don't feel like we should be faking attitudes even in established relationships that much because, like, what if the person we're, we're faking it to expects us to be that that fake person? You know? It's just no more. I don't want to play games. I don't want to, like, be coy. Yeah. You know the saying, <laughs> play dumb games, win dumb prizes? Well, these are dumb games. Oh, I don't know if I know that saying, but I love it. <laughs> Kristen, how about you? What stuck from living by why men love bitches from doormat to dream girl uh dean is still doing my hair for me he's trimming oh my, my bangs he's putting some henna in it this weekend he, he's doing the whole thing i feel like we got a whole hair salon thing going on now does he have like a technique does he know how to like do it like this in his fingers and that but then also this oh yeah oh yeah upright scissors not straight yeah, across good, scissors good. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's great yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Does he have like a special pair of hair cutting scissors? We call them the bathroom scissors. I don't know. Ah, uh, I see. I see. The, the bathroom scissors are not the same scissors as our kitchen shears, which, by the mm -hmm. way, 
if you don't have kitchen shears, everybody get kitchen shears. Life-changing. They are life-changing for everything. You Use kitchen shears for everything. But then we have our bathroom shears, which I think might be real hair shears. They they slice through my hair so fast and easy. Really sharp. Yeah, and yeah. they're very different than my um, sewing shears. Delicate, yeah. like, oh, but yeah. not, yeah, delicate, but not, like, teeny. Yes, yes, all that. New revelations. So... This is a brand new revelation. You know how Dean tends to lose track of time when he is sitting in front of his computer playing video games? Well, he is very good at keeping track of time when he is playing a game face-to-face, in person with others. He just joined a D&D group, and oh the group is always exactly two to three hours, never more. There's no way for him to say, just two more minutes and for five hours to pass. And he loves this D&D group. He loves it so oh much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so he's like, Ben, it's not like. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's super oh into gosh. it. He loves it. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. He loves I, it. I want, like, do you know what his character is or anything? Like, um, Is an elf a character? <laughs> probably. I barely know enough to ask that. And it. It's all from Stranger Things, all my d knowledge. He has some sort of power to channel something about nature so he can get, like— Elves, I'm sh- I feel like elves would love nature. Yeah, so, so he's, like, tracks. able to get, like, headwinds to help move a ship or things like that. Ooh, he, can, he can channel spicy. the power of nature with his character. Nice, I don't nice. know what that means. If you're on fire, he can make it rain on you. Yes, yeah, he can do things like that. Yep. Nice. <laughs> um, What was Pure Torture? I agree with you. The dumb mind games, you know, oh, play yeah. stupid games, win stupid prizes. It's it's just full of dumb games. And I wouldn't want someone to do those games to me. And I definitely don't want to do those games to other people. I just don't like that. I don't like it. Um, to echo something you said, Jolenta, earlier in this episode and something our listener said, I think, in the minisode, you know, when you're playing games, there's almost always a winner and a loser. So are you saying that your mm. partner is the loser in it? If you're going to win, like, I don't want Dean to be the loser in my relationship with him. We want to be happy and together. Yeah, exactly. We're not adversaries here. We're on the same team, hopefully. All right. Let's talk about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Did that sound rich the way I said that? It did. It sounded like a rich, earthy, mahogany voice knowledgeable rich person oh thank you oh you did it oh you did a good job there nice oh my gosh thanks love it so what stuck for you okay what stuck the idea you employed i loved the tactics you used to get rich as in getting rich to earn money for a good cause and i was like i need to remember that because Often when I worry about money, like, let's face it, it's for myself or to like make a certain goal for myself or to make sure I have certain things. And it's like, oh, right. We can employ these like get rich tactics to like earn money for things that aren't fucking ourselves. So thank you for reminding me that. The book was not going to tell you that, by the way. This is no, (laughs) this is a classic, you know, Kristen somehow lives by the book in a way that makes Jolenta realize uh, she's a bad person. No, Jolenta. No. No. Just a selfish, short-sighted one. (gasps) No. No, no, no. No, but you know what I mean. This is one one of the ones where I'm like, oh, right, you could have been a good person with this and not just done exactly what the book said. Uh, Okay, we're moving on. New revelations. New revelations. 
new revelation is I learned uh, after all that stuff with my physical therapist's office and, you know, having, getting the runaround about whether or not they're adhering to, like, New York health mandates, uh, I learned it doesn't feel good to, like, tell healthcare facilities, like, what guidelines they're supposed to be adhering to. It doesn't make you want to go back even if they start adhering. Like, it's just a bad feeling. It makes you feel so alone. You're like, oh, Oh, no, like no one cares about like health and safety guidelines during a pandemic, like not even the people who are licensed by like New York Department of Health. Uh, mm. So that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was pure torture? A sort of similar vibe feeling essentially like not welcome uh, at one of the only places I had been going over the past year at my physical therapist's office. Yeah. Uh, that all sucks. It that is sucks. torture, and that does suck. Yeah. Right. Um. What about you? What stuck? I still have that glowing feeling from the crowdsourced fundraising. You may recall, Jolenta, I was so upset at the beginning of that book. Remember, I called off a taping, which I do not ever do. Oh, right. I know. I was shocked. I I was trying. I was getting ready to rally, <laughs> and she she pulled a a Jolenta and was like, "Let's cancel." Yeah. I. And then to have everything get turned around and to feel so much less alone and to have everybody like chipping in to fundraise for abortion rights, it just, oh my God, I'm, I'm getting emotional thinking about it again. Right. Stop it. That I'm going to start of, crying. That sense of community and involvement yes. and like coming together and feeling like you helped make that come together, like as opposed to feeling totally helpless is great. Yes. New revelations. So- in that episode, it became clear that I don't know how to use Instagram. But since then, <laughs> even more revelations about ways I don't know how to use my phone. Yesterday, for example, I literally had to go to the phone store to understand how my billing works. And then I came home and looked at the billing thing that they showed me on my phone. And then I still did not understand how this <laughs> works. And I'm like, some of this is because I'm a Luddite, but some of it, UX designers out there, if you're designing these things, please make these for dum-dums like me. Please. Don't don't make them for people who have like a master's in science and computer programming. M make them for people like me who don't. Please. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. What was pure torture? You know what? Feeling like in the beginning of my fundraising, feeling like nobody cared. Oh, when you get the online crickets. Yeah. And then the only thing I got were like people saying mean things to me. Like, yeah, someone telling you to eat poop or yes. something. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, uh, that took the lousy feeling I already had about Roe v. Wade and then just like put it in the toilet, just made it even worse. But then put poop on it. Yeah. But then, you know, Dean showed me how to use Instagram and it all worked out in the end. So, thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank you, Dean. Dean, who actually does have an advanced degree in computer science. So, there you go. <laughs> he could figure it all out from Instagram to phone bills. Yes. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Maybe go look at your own phone bill. Uh, <laughs> but when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the books that we live by in season 10 of By the Book. Making my cat happy is my number one priority. And Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh. And Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? 
Happy cat, happy life. Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. All right, we are back, and this is our Season 10 wrap-up, everybody. We are continuing with Breath. The New Science of a Lost Art by James Nestor. Kristen, tell me all about it. What stuck? I am still trying to breathe through my nose more often. Growing up, as you know, Jolenta, I had so many bad allergy and respiratory issues. I actually couldn't physically breathe through my nose until I was like 20 Mm -hmm. because of all of these health issues I had. And then I think I just never developed the practice of breathing through my nose at all times. I would breathe through my nose some of the time, but now most of the time I do try to breathe through my nose. Um, I don't know if that's totally the book or if it's, I don't know. It it might be partly COVID too because I see my nose as a filter in some ways. Does that make sense? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. It is more so than your mouth. Yes, yes. So it's probably a combination. I just... I should give credit to James Nestor for that, but I don't want to because he seems like a charlatan to me. (laughs) We're kind of doing it right now. Um, New revelations. Okay, so Jolenta, we mentioned in our episode that this book was a bestseller. We mentioned that it won the award for Best General Nonfiction Book of 2020 by the American Society of Journalists and Authors. But what I did not know, what I just discovered was it was also a finalist for the Royal Society Science Book of the Year, which means it it was a finalist for a science award, not just for a writing award or a journalism award, but for a science science. award. And I'm like... Science information. I'm like, really? (laughs) Within its pages. How could this book... Like, how could this book possibly be considered scientific at all? It promotes things like not breathing. Not breathing. (laughs) We need that to live. (laughs) Like... Who are the people who are voting for this science award that this was a finalist? How? I don't get it. Right. Ugh. Makes me so mad. What was pure torture? You know, peeing my pants. I mean. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Yeah. We all want to block that out. I want to block it out. But I'm bringing it back. And I'm saying that was torture. I I don't want to pee my pants. I don't want to. No. Um, Jolanta, let's let's move on to you, though. (laughs) Let's talk about what stuck with you from breath. Um, same as you. I've been trying to breathe through my nose more, especially when I go to bed. It doesn't always happen. Like you, I had a lot of allergies and congestive issues growing up. And so I was a, you know, card carrying member of the mouth breather club and still am in my heart of hearts. But I'm trying. I'm like trying to be more cognizant. Nice. 
and new revelations? New revelations. Breathing helps me deal with things that are intellectually painful, too. Because I know I learned in the book, like, breathing while I got some injections, super helped. But also breathing while I was helping my mom log into her T-Mobile account and remember her passwords. Uh, It was some breathing helped with that. You know, I had to breathe deep when I saw that basically every password for everything is on, like, an old envelope that's been, like, had a bunch of things crossed off and then, like, things written in between, like, the crosses off stuff and, like took a few breaths and was like, I can work through this. We'll just log her into T-Mobile. It'll be okay. (laughs) Suzanne. It's rough. We're working on changes. (laughs) What about pure torture? Uh, Taping my mouth shut. It freaked me out. I didn't like it. Never doing it again. And also the fact that it's called Hitler tape. Just like, just a little bit of Hitler tape on your mouth. No, no, just not at all. No. No, no, no. No. Yeah. That was bad. No, not before bed, especially. God, no. <laughs> nightmares. Uh, moving on to the next book. Oh, yes. The Book of Hope, A Survival Guide for Trying Times by Jane Goodall. Kristen, what stuck? You know, hope stuck with me, but not just hope. Uh, Jane Goodall's sense of hope around death. In the book, she says she's not scared of death because she just sees it as a potential new adventure, a chance to learn something mm-hmm. new. Like, what's going to happen to me when I die? You know, I don't know. I believe in a higher power, but maybe I'll be dirt. Maybe I'll become a tree. Maybe I'll be reincarnated into a butterfly. Who knows? But mm-hmm. why would I be scared of what could just be one more step? Who knows? Right. And I just yeah. love that point of view so much. And I've shared that with other people because I, I think that especially, we've talked about this, Jolenta, in American culture in particular, there's so much like, fear and distancing ourselves from death. And I just, I really like that perspective. Totally. New revelations. Sometimes, she does not talk about this in the book. Jane does not say this, but I'm just going to say it. Sometimes part of helping the world survive is committing murder. And by that, what I mean that, I mean that Dean and you I, of all people, we have been murdering lanternflies like crazy. <sighs> right. We sometimes kill dozens of lanternflies a day. If you don't know out there, they are this terrible invasive species that has come into the U.S. And if we don't get their population under control, they could devastate our trees, our crops. Uh, They could wipe us out. And they are beautiful looking. And when they come by at first, it's like, is that a monarch butterfly? And then it's not. You're like, is it a butterfly? Is it a really pretty moth? And you're like, no. No. And I will smash it. I I, I will crush it. I will yell. I just had to break the news to my mom that that those are bad. I know, because they're so pretty. We saw one the other day, and I was like, bad news. Yeah. We gotta stop. But you know what I love about Brooklyn? Because what? we're like such a community in Brooklyn, people will yell out, lanternfly, by you on your right. Like, we all help each other out, like, and then we all take turns smashing them when we see them. But it's like a production of Stomp out here. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, okay, um, pure torture. Pure torture. All right. Um, it wasn't torture exactly, But the portions of the book that were about the co-author, I'm just going to say way less fun than the parts that were about Jane. And I still kind of wonder why the book was formatted like it was. Like, why is half of my time here being spent with the author and his life and his perspective? And I guess maybe because he's the author, so he chose to do it that way. 
And I think the premise was also he was going through sort of a hopeless time, like because his, it doesn't he talks about like the passing of his father. I don't know. And maybe it was interesting learning about hope. I have no clue. He's our narrator, but we ha- we got a lot about the narrator. Yeah, I just kept on feeling like, oh, are you enjoying the book? Well, we're going to do a meanwhile in the author's life. Right, yeah. It's like, I've been traveling back and forth from here for this project, but then COVID hit, and then and I'm like, I know, okay. And it's like, I don't really want to know what kind of plane you were on on your way back to, like, I don't care. <laughs> right, just get, yeah. Just want to get back to Jane. I hear you. I hear you. But Jolenta, what about you? In the Book of Hope, what stuck with you? What stuck is I'm still doing a lot of frank scratching for him, even though it's been like over a month since his bite accident and he can totally scratch himself. Mm -hmm. He now like expects us to scratch him and he'll do this sort of weird thing to ask he'll do sort of like a half like a half ass like flail of his foot like an attempt to scratch while making weird creepy direct eye contact with you and going like <laughs> and he'll go like ha, 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 ha. and it's like oh okay time to scratch him again and like, ah. so i've uh, been doing a lot of that because he basically asks directly for it and like it's pretty cute <laughs> What about new revelations? Uh, new revelations, and I'm sure this isn't new for most people, but super specific communities help. Sometimes I'm like, if you're too niche, like, you're not going to meet enough people or, like, hear enough voices. But, like, sometimes you need a super specific community. I'm still in the Facebook groups for immunocompromised people coping with pandemic isolation. And even though I like never post on them, I'm almost purely a lurker. It's nice to see people who just get it. They like 100% get it. You know, friends and family are amazing and supportive, but sometimes they just can't totally get it the way someone who's like 100% in your shoes or like 99% in your shoes can, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And what was pure torture? Pure torture was seeing my little baby dog in pain and like in shock and sort of out of it after he got bit. But he is like basically 100% better at causing a ruckus, being a menace. Yay, Frank. So he's back in action. The indomitable spirit of Frank. He does have quite the spirit, doesn't he? He does. He's a happy, tough little boy. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of happiness, shall we move on to toxic positivity, Kristen? Yes. Uh, toxic positivity, keeping it real in a world obsessed with being happy by Whitney Goodman. Kristen, what stuck? Um, you know what stuck was my admiration for the way that Minnesotans complain. In the episode, you may recall, I had a phone call with a friend in Minnesota who, you know, reminded me, it's not that Minnesotans just say it could be worse anytime Mm -hmm. something bad happens. We first vent about it. Then we say afterward, it could be worse. Like, like, oh, yeah, Sven lost his job. And, you know, Oli Oli got the gout. And and Lena, you know, she went ice fishing. And that fish just, it just went off the line. And, but it could be worse. You know, that's like the right, Minnesota right. way to do it. You list everything terrible. It's like event and f- and reframe all in yes, one. Yes, yes. You know, it's like you have the reframing or the sort of framing built in of like, 
oh, right. But like if I whoop, like zoom out in the grand scheme of the world or like the people around me, like I can see that it could be worse. Yeah. So I, I really my admiration really stuck. Yeah, I like that. Um, New Revelations. I've been thinking over this book and how it was formatted and what the messaging was. And Whitney Goodman, if you are listening and if you want to put out another edition of this book, I have an idea for you. I think you should break it into three sections. And I think one section would be for people who are wired to be negative all the time. We all know those people. That's all they do is just complain, complain, complain. Sometimes they just call themselves garbage people. I don't know. I relate. (laughs) Everyone's out to get them. The world is terrible. Yada, yada, yada. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I know which category I'd be in. What else? (laughs) Um, One section would be for people who are wired to be positive most of the time, which I think is kind of me. And Yes. Yeah. One section would be for people who are wired to be toxically positive. And by that, I mean Mm -hmm. people who behave positively when, in fact, they are negative people, which is, I think, yeah, what, people who like mask as positive. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, my life sucks, but I'm going to pretend like hashtag blessed all the time. Like, you know. But like, honestly, it was for the best I got fired because, like, obviously, this other thing. It's like, no, it wasn't for the best. It sucks. And I feel like if Whitney Goodman kind of broke her book into those three sections, I think not only would it create a fuller picture of like different you know, personality types, it would also drive the point home that she was trying to make. And in her book, all she does is just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. It is sort of like almost too narrow a subject of like, yes, toxic positivity leaves people feeling invalidated. And like, there, there are different ways to deal with it. Here they are. But it's like, but like, that's it. Yeah. And it's a way for people to invalidate what they're going through. It's a way to invalidate others. But, like, I I just think it would be better if there were those other sections in the book, too, because, yeah. It would create a more robust and fuller picture, as you said. Yeah. And that gets to what I consider pure torture in the book. Pure torture. Which is how the book was written. It is badly written. It is poorly organized. In this chapter, we're going to talk about what's coming up in the next chapter, which is about toxic positivity. And then we're going to repeat that in the next three chapters. And it just is like a broken record that keeps repeating the same thing. But it never is expansive enough to cover the variety of situations and people that are out there. And just like sort of generic personality types. (laughs) And it's really boring, too. It's like there was a certain point reading this book where I'm like, did I already read this? Right. I felt like I like missed something where I'm like, did I like, (laughs) did I like think something was the intro that wasn't? Because now I feel like I'm in the intro. And I'm like, oh, no, it's intro. And then there are just three other intro-ish chapters before we get to it. And that's it. You're right. And same with the conclusions. I'm like, I thought I just read the conclusion. Oh, nope. Here's another conclusion. Here's more. Yes. Ah, But Jolenta, let's talk about you and toxic Mm -hmm. positivity. What stuck? I... I'm still using those little Insta quotes I made um, on Twitter and on Instagram about easy to go to answers for sort of the generic questions one gets when one says, like, I'm still pro mask in crowded public spaces during a pandemic. Whenever anyone comes at me for being, you know, at risk and wanting to survive, I just drop one of my little quotes in a tweet and it does the arguing for me. I literally did it last night. Nice. Thank you. Uh, New revelations? 
like you said <laughs> in your pure torture thing, I was realizing while we read this book or upon thinking about this book after reading it, repetitive books lose their message. Like this book was great for me. It made me feel very seen, but it was hard to defend it to Kristen because other than making me feel sort of seen with the general vibe of it, like, and it even making good points, like the writing went in circles. And like every time we sort of passed by the same point without expounding upon it and just just sort of mentioning it again, it like lessened its impact each go round. So, yeah. And what about pure torture? Pure torture. Um, as you said in your pure torture, this was definitely the most repetitive book of the season. So it was hard to get through. As someone who the book resonated with, I kept like slogging through being like, I feel like I should be wanting to read this more. <laughs> um, also a bit torturous, I have to add, was listening to Kristen spin out a smidge because this book didn't praise her natural disposition like most of the books we live by. <laughs> it was just sort of cute. I thought you enjoyed that. I didn't think that was torture for you. I thought you got a giggle was, out of it. It bummed me out because I always hate when you like stress because it's not resonating, you know? Mm, thank you. Thanks. Yes. Let's move on to The Art of Making Memories, How to Create and Remember Happy Moments by Mike Viking. Kristen, what stuck? Well, I still ask myself in any number of situations, what am I most likely to remember in this moment? Um, for example, if I'm at a restaurant, what item on this menu am I most likely to remember? On this mm. walk, uh, you know what? I'm probably most likely to remember if I go down this path I've never walked before or I walk down this street that I'm not used to or that I don't walk down every day. So I really do still ask myself, what am I most likely to remember in this moment thanks to this book? Wow, that's so nice. New revelations. I realized I don't want the first 30 years of my life to be the most memorable. Mm. In the book, Mike Viking says that most people remember their first 30 years the best, and that's because it's full of firsts. You know, the first time going on a date, the first time, you know, leaving your parents' house, and, you know, the first time having an apartment, the first time, you know, uh, contending with your insurance company while you try to get health coverage, whatever it is. It's full right, of right. firsts up until 30. Um, oftentimes, there is a first, you know, long-term relationship in there, too. Oftentimes, for people who choose to have kids, there's a child, you know. Um, but um, that point really got driven home for me um, in a number – I've been, as you know, Joel, into reading a lot of autobiographies lately. And mm. almost every autobiography I read, every memoir, almost all of them, whether the book is 200 pages or 800 pages, the first three-fourths of the book all takes place before 30, it seems. And then yeah, only the oh last gosh, 20, right. maybe 25% of pages. And now we're going to take the other 60 years of my life and then put that in the end. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be that person. If there is a story of my life, I don't want those other parts to be less memorable or less valid. I want to make sure that I have new memories I'm making until I'm, you know, however long I live, 80, 90, who knows how yeah, long I'll live. Yeah. But I don't want my book of my life to be such that almost everything that mattered happened before 30. I just don't want that. No. And I'm so glad 
you don't want it to because that's exciting. Yeah. It, it's just a fun way to look at life. Like I can have great things happen until I'm dead. Um, yeah. 80% of my memoir is going to be about from now onward. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what was pure torture? <laughs> Jolenta, you're going to be so irritated with me because I feel like I talk about this too much with you <laughs> off mic and on mic. Freaking mm-hmm. Newark Airport and the car ride home from Newark Airport. Oh, yeah. It was a bad one, wasn't yes. it? Yes. I didn't even tell you about the part that we like hailed multiple cabs at Newark Airport that didn't pull over for us. And then we used mm-hmm. the car ride apps and multiple cars also just canceled on us right when they were like supposedly a minute away. Yeah. Supposedly like they're right at the gate. Yeah. Were they ever coming? Yeah. And there's no, there's only that one toilet in the airport. Oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to let it go. We have talked about that toilet for hours off mic. Yes. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Let's get to you, Jolenta. When it comes to the art of making memories, what stuck? What stuck? Everybody in my family is still talking about my grandma's big reveal (gasps) about her biological dad. That stuck. That is such an exciting story. We're all a Twitter. Um... New revelations. I like talking on the phone more than I think, especially calls with my grandma. And calls with my grandma always remind me like, oh, wait, you like this. Keep doing this. So I've been making a much more conscious effort to call both her and other people more. Nice. What was pure torture related to making these phone calls? Now that I talk on the phone more, it has been torture to wait for people to call me back sometimes. <laughs> it's almost like we're living in 1999 again, Jolenta. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, Grandma. I gotta tell you something cool. Like, pick <laughs> up the phone and I'll, like, call three times. But this time it's at my grandma's cell phone and she can be like, is everything okay? And I'll be like, oh, no, I was just bored and you weren't answering. She's like, like honey, I'm watching Jeopardy right now, okay? Uh, she was at the <laughs> weekly meeting for the, you know, retirement community they live in oh yeah that's important (laughs) you gotta learn about when flu shots are coming yes absolutely (laughs) so yeah that's that's what's been torture Hmm. that's a nice kind of torture though because you know you know she's gonna call you back it is right right especially my grandma like she's never gonna ghost me yes all right well on that note we are going to take another quick break But while we're away, we would be so incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed us in your podcast listening app. That's what it's called, a podcast listening app, a pod feeder, Mm -hmm. a pod machine. Podcatcher. A podcatcher. I'm using all my technical language right now that has to do with phones and podcasts. (laughs) And don't forget to stick around because when we come back, we're going to share which books we loved and hated the most overall in season 10. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. 
So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. We are back, and now, Jolenta, the moment of truth. It is time for us to talk about the book that we loved the most in season 10 and the book we hated the most. What should we start with? Should we start with love or hate? Let's start with love. Okay. I like I like ending with hate because it gets me all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What book did you love the most? I loved The Art of Making Memories. It really was about making a life that I can be happy to look back on, that I'll be able to look back on because, you know, I'll be able to hold on to those memories better. Um, and, and it was just, it was a delight living by it. It was a delight reading it. And I just yeah. want to keep making memories. So yeah, that's what I love the most. What about you, Jolenta? Kristen, same. Ooh. The art of making Yay. memories. Yeah, it just got me doing things uh, that made me feel more connected. It got me doing things I literally will look back on more fondly. It it was just a delightful little book that also, I love that it was like a delight and cute and light and bite-sized little tidbits. They work. And also there are studies mentioned that are like real and like you could look them up and it just feels like I can trust it. And I loved that. Yay. All right. Shall we move on to hate? Yes. <laughs> Book you hated the most, Kristen. I hated Unfuck Yourself. I... Oh, fuck you. You hated that? Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Um, Kristen, I also hated yeah, that book. Yay! Consensus, consensus. Oh my wow, gosh. Wow, wow. Consensus wow. with both love and hate this time. I can't believe it, Kristen. A double, a double tie. Okay, so what did you hate the most about Unfuck Yourself? <laughs> I am just so sick of magical thinking books with a side of like fake fucking edgy. Like Go back to 2012 when someone decided that was a good idea and just give me the secret if you're going to have me, like, <laughs> will myself to be in, like, a different socioeconomic sphere or, like, a different career. Like, just fucking quit parading as, like, a cool bro or, like, that girl who gets it and just just put your regurgitated ideas out on the page. Yeah. How about you, Kristen? I agree for all the same reasons that it's a terrible book, all of them. I hate it when the onus is on somebody because they didn't think right. I hate that, like, you know, you're not getting the medical care you need, in my case, because mm. I wasn't thinking right, right about things. Yeah, um, no, Or that, fault. you know, poverty happens because we weren't thinking right or any bad thing in the world. And just as much, I hate the idea that rich people get to pat themselves on the back and say, I deserve this, and not because of structural inequalities, because, like, you know, you thought the right way. Yeah, it's luck of the draw and luck of the privilege. Exactly. But wow, even though we just ended on hate, I love that we agreed on these, Jolenta. Right, exactly. I was just going to say, I love that we hated and loved the same thing. Yay! We did it! That's it for this By the Book Season 10 wrap-up. Huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, who we love, Nora Ritchie, Corinne Wallace, and Marcus Hom. 
Thanks also to Nate Wida, the composer of our theme song, and thank you to the Rizzos, the performers of our theme song. Reminder, you can always follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at ByTheBookPod, and on Instagram, also at ByTheBookPod. Until next time, I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Stitcher. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.